Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 1045 this morning, off a little bit early for Fighting Illini Baseball, Illinois at Indiana. That game has been moved to 11 o'clock, so Scott Beatty will have the play-by-play of that, and we'll step aside at 1045. Mr. Tate, how are you? I'm doing well. It's interesting how baseball just moves the games around and try to avoid the, the weather. <laughs> yep, uh, you got all kinds of people looking at the... Uh, I talked to Scott uh, last night about it when they were talking about uh, maybe changing it. And he said it'll be a Saturday morning decision and mm-hmm. 7 a.m. this morning. He, I got a text from him and said they're going to have first pitch at 11 o'clock today. So that is on the uh, schedule. They were supposed to play 7 o'clock last night in right. the opener and they wound up playing it. In the morning or at noon. Yep. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Terrence Shannon, uh, the uh, latest uh, member of the Fighting Illini basketball team. Kirby Joseph got uh, drafted in the third round of the National Football League draft by the Detroit Lions. Yeah, 97th. I, I, I think that was about where we expected him to go, wasn't it? Third I, round. I think so. The uh, last Illinois player taken by the Lions was Mikel uh, LaShore. Okay, but defensively, it was Miller from Arcola. 1968 yep. is when that was. Yep. That's how and you know, I, I just saw Miller last a couple, two, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Well, a spring game is when I saw him, mm-hmm. spring football game. He was here uh, with uh, Ron Gunther. We'll talk about uh, that as we move along as well. By the way, Indiana did win that baseball game yesterday over Illinois 7-6. to So the Illini are 21-18 and and 11-5 and in the Big Ten. Um, we'll get you updated on the baseball scores, tennis uh, playing as well, golf in the Big Ten Championships. We're going to talk some basketball with uh, Joe Hendrickson. Adam Fletcher will be with us as well. Some Illinois football conversation with uh, assistant coach Kevin Kane. And David Cl- uh, Kaplan will join us at 10 o'clock to talk about Chicago sports. Let's go to the phones right now. Alan in Montrose is up and early this morning. Alan, what's on your mind? Morning, guys. Uh it was nice to get that uh, player from Texas Tech, Shannon. Uh, he's supposedly one of the better players in the portal, 6'6". He doesn't look 6'6", but maybe he is. 
What do you think he but, looks? Uh, we need six four. Okay. Uh, and we could use some size. And that goes into my next comment. I've heard a rumor down there that uh, Illinois is strongly in on Pete Nance. And I was wondering if anybody knew anything about that. Yeah, they've been in on Nance has been interested in Illinois for some weeks, well before he went into the portal. Before he went into the portal, there was a, there was a contact. So uh, the answer is yes, they're interested. Now, does is this should Illinois take him if they can get him? Yes, because okay. we need size. Okay, we need shooting from outside. Yeah, he's a shooter, and, uh, and he, but he's um, you know. Uh, uh, I, I, it's a one-year thing, right? Yeah. Well, I assume yes. Uh huh. Okay. I, I haven't I done any study on it, but I mean, does he have an extra year? I don't know. But. Yeah, they still need to. They still need another big man. They do. Yes, and we need that size. And he's a did as you, a player. I'm surprised he didn't do better than he did this year. It seems like he was uh, kind of up and down. Well, I, I don't think he's real athletic. He averaged about ten points a game, didn't he? About the same as Shannon. Uh, the thing is that I don't know if he can defend the post. That that would be my concern. I don't think that Coleman Hawkins would be uh, the right guy to defend hunting. Uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson or or the big guy Edie at uh, Purdue. I I just don't see him at center. I see some people predicting a starting lineup next year with him at center. And uh, to me, I, and I don't know how good Dane Danger is. I don't know. We've never seen him play, and, and we projected uh, much more out of Adam Payne than we saw. And, and uh, Underwood talked about Payne like he was going to be a standout, and he wasn't. And we could see that. And now we're going to find out uh, what, what Dane Danger's made of. And Illinois, to be good, Illinois desperately needs Dane Danger to be good or find a center who is good because you just can't go in. You can't be vacant at that position. It's going to be a far different team next year, you know. I hope we're faster like they say we are. Well, uh, yeah. It's I've, already far different. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, not we, over yet. Yeah. It'll be faster. But how many fast yeah. break How many fast break baskets does a team get during the course of a game on average? Two, not three? Many. I, yeah, I mean, it's, that's not the big – I mean, I, I like to run too, and I think we should. But it's, in the Big Ten, they will keep people back and shut you down. They won't let you do that. They will. And there's different ways to describe faster and quicker, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, to take the ball to the basket. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, the, you can do it in half court, too. Exactly. Yeah. And especially, you know, you don't have Kofi in there. And and that changes the way a, a guy would attack the basket. And it changes the way you, you always went to the post first, right, with Kofi. And that mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're still not going to go to the post. But if you got guys that can actually take it to the basket, get their shot, or maybe even – Lo and behold, shoot a 15-footer, uh, you know, and maybe get that back in the game. Well, most of your half-court offense, most of your offense is going to be half-court offense anyway. Yeah. But still, Always it's is. nice to be able to run one game. Yeah. Well, well uh, how do you think Shannon's going to fit in? Well, if he, uh, it depends on whether he's a guard or – is he considered a guard or a forward? He's a wing. Can he drive? <laughs> Whatever that is. Can he drive to the basket? Yeah, he, he like can he do can. some of that. Yeah, he's he's quick. He's athletic. He's he's defensively strong. He can rebound some, but I I didn't think his numbers were very impressive. Neither his rebounds nor his points. He averaged ten points and a couple of rebounds per game. Why is he considered one of the best uh, 
players in the portal then. Well, I, I don't. Maybe he isn't. <laughs> maybe he isn't. Maybe he isn't. Well, you might be right there. Well, we don't know until we. You know, he he was a good, solid player for Butler. He, I mean, uh, Baylor. He didn't start all the time. Started most of the time. Texas Tech. I'm sorry. Yep. We're also looking at a guy from Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> and Dane Danger came from Baylor too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Te- for Texas Tech. Another guy from Baylor they're looking at. Look, they're looking at players all over. When I answer that question, well, yes, okay. and I could answer that question, yes, for a half a dozen different guys, maybe more. They're looking at players, and and players are interested in Illinois. Well, I had called you earlier in the week, and you said they didn't. You didn't think they was uh, looking in on Shannon at all at that time. Oh, I know it. I was to- I was told that Shannon was not. Co- I was well, told that was that he was coming, that he wasn't coming, yeah. and he was going to Michigan. Then right. He- no, I I was I got a report from a guy that's never wrong, and at the time he said it, I'm sure he was right. Right. Shannon was not coming. Yeah. And and that was about, geez, that's been close to a month ago. I'd say three weeks. Well, he anyway, was not coming more recently. He was not than that. coming <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Hey, Alan, thanks for the call. Need to move along here, get Uh our first break in. We're going to talk more about uh, Terrence Shannon coming up as well. Uh, Baseball scores last night. Uh, Arizona beat the Cardinals 6-4. The Brewers over the Cubs 11-1. The Angels beat the White Sox 5-1. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the White Sox doing? They've lost 9 of 10. That's not good. That's not good, is it? They're seven and twelve on the year. That's not. <laughs> but they're only three and a half games out of first place, right. so that, that you can catch up. It's it's early. And for one more day, you could say, "Well, it's only April." That's right. It's the last day you could say that. Softball also playing in Indiana, and uh, Illinois softball beat uh, the Hoosiers in eight innings, six to four. Lanai men's golf team is in third place in the Big Ten championships after one round. More on that uh, coming up. But first, our first time out, Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Back after this. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. We are off and rolling on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on this April the 30th. Moving up on 9-12, Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate with you until 10-45 this morning due to Illinois baseball, first pitch at 11. We say good morning to Joe Hendrickson from the City Suburban Hoops uh, Report and Chicago Sun-Times. Good morning, Joe. Where are we finding you this morning? Good morning, Steve and Lauren. Uh, It's just another spring weekend um just you know it's just a busy time uh bouncing around from event to event and from the live periods and now we're off the live periods fort wayne indiana with the old traditional run slam aau event so it's just a busy time and just getting as many players as you can and we're back to normal after you know a good year or two of um off and on or uh, evaluating and seeing kids and sitting and it's just it is back to normal as far as the evaluation process and the calendar is concerned. Well, that's got to feel good for you uh, as well as the coaches just to, to be able to, to get back face-to-face with each other, right? Yeah, I was. You know, catching up with a lot of guys you've been talking to on the phone for so long, uh, so many 
months and years and, and then uh, getting back to it with the last couple weekends of, you know, a lot of those guys become friends and, and uh, close acquaintances and uh, catching up with those guys from the college ranks. And unfortunately, it's just not the most pleasant time in college basketball with talking to them with the portal and the NIL. So uh, I, I have, you know, gone down conversations and down gone down roads with with both friends of mine and colleagues in coaching that, that I've never gone down before with their being disgruntled and, and frustrated and uh, really souring on their profession and their jobs. And it's been very alarming to me. And uh, I, I feel for a lot of them. I know a lot of people listening are probably like, wah, wah, uh, the, the money being thrown to college coaches and head coaches and assistants, particularly at the high major level, they can live with it, but it, it does change your, your, livelihood it changes your way of life it changes your quality of living uh with all of these different things added to your plate for a job that if you don't really know it it is a 365 day a year job and you are adding two major things to it that you know three four years ago didn't exist yeah uh Joe, this is Lauren. Do you see the NIL as becoming an inducement for athletes as opposed to something that they might get after they sign up? Oh, Lauren, it's way beyond an inducement. Uh, mm -hmm. The stories, uh, I, I wish I could write a book right now on it. I, it the stories you hear from college coaches, uh, like I said in the beginning, are, they're alarm it's alarming. Uh, it, you know, the average fan looking out probably sees that, oh, everybody's on the same playing field now. That is not the case. There are just so many different avenues that certain programs, uh, in certain, particularly in certain conferences, have at their disposal uh, that even schools at that same high major level, forget the low majors and the mid majors, I'm talking even high majors. There are high major programs with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars you know, slot slotted for players, 200 here, 300 there, thousand I'm talking about, 200,000, 300,000. You know, we saw what Miami did with the 400,000 for the K-State player for 800,000 for two years. So, and there's other Big Ten programs that in, in, your, in the Illinois Conference that have very little at disposal for different reasons. Maybe it's just complete conservative way of, of looking at it to not being prepared and ready for it. Uh, to their compliance offices and, and departments not being able to get on board right away and, and be very safe with it, to just not having the interest from their fan base, you know, across the country. It, it, there's, there's just then you throw in the fact that no one really knows what the rules are. Uh, you know, you know, I, I will say, you know, Illinois is in a great situation shape because it really seems like they hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. um, with the NIL, and, I, and that's not the case for every, even in their own conference, every Big Ten school is not the case, you know. So they're in a good spot, good situation, uh, but it's just really taken away. And I'm not talking about Illinois here; I'm just talking about the game. It, it's just taken away a lot of. You know, I, I've just heard these frustrating stories that there will be a high major program down the road with a prospect and recruit and. Yeah, we can get him a ten thousand dollar deal or a fifteen thousand dollar deal or maybe up to forty thousand dollar deal, and then it's ready to go. And and boom, 
you know, another program comes in with 350,000. The other part of that equation is, and a lot of coaches are waiting to see if this bubble pops, how much of it is real and how many times will that, will the kids and the families be promised a certain amount and you get down the road and Hey, wait a minute, you promised us 200. We've only seen 50 of it. You know, so some of that, you know, some, some of that is just being said verbally. Some of it is in contracts. So, uh, there's just a wide range of discrepancies when it comes to all of this. And it, it's, you know, the rich are going to get richer um, without question. And it, it's just, you know, it's hard to even tell who, you know, you say, oh, this, this program or this coach can really recruit now. Well, can they? I mean, I, when you've got this arsenal and a, and a bank full of money that you can offer, and I'm saying it legally, uh, because there are no rules really anymore, and you you can be as cre- as long as you are creative, and you've got a collective of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands that you can disperse any way you like. I mean, come on, it, it, it's not too hard to figure out where these where these players are going. And then we get into the portal situation. I'll just give you one example. There is a a family that is being told, come to our mid major program. We will just come here for two years. Come here for two years and look what we've done. And meaning, look what we've done in, in getting our players to the high major level. That sounds like a junior college model uh, mm. at the mid-major level. Come here for two years. Don't plan on staying here. We're going to move you along and get you to a high major. Another example. It just blows my mind. A high major needing a 2022 point guard or 2023 point guard in the next class, right? Well, we don't have a scholarship for you. We're going to put you, basically place you, not at a prep school, not at a junior college. Go play at this school. We got some, they got some friends, coaching buddies at a low at a low major, mid major school. Go play there for one year, and then come to us after that. And the low major, mid major program is fine with it. So, it is just. Um, it is a cray. It's as wild as I've ever seen it. Uh, the stories I've heard the last two, three weeks. Uh, it, it's the game. It's not the same sport or the game that we saw three years ago. Talking to Joe Hendrickson, one of those coaches who uh, said he was frustrated and not having a lot of fun with all this situation was Brad Underwood, and he said that this week that uh, and he talked to some of his uh, uh, guys that he knows as head coaches in major college basketball they feel the same way it's just you got to deal with it because <laughs> you've got guys leaving you, you got, you got, you got some to, coaches retiring too that's right and, and you got to get players from somewhere that brings me to terrence shannon the situation with him and the nil and the transfer portal and uh it's kind of a a bit of a, a soap opera in one way of looking at it but you remember him as a high school player i just wanted to get your thoughts on shannon to illinois yeah, I mean, it's a great, obviously, he's one of the top 10 probably players in the portal in the country. Uh, he's had a very peculiar road to get where he is today. I still remember being at his last high school game as a senior at Lincoln Park. He was playing, uh, and I was sitting there with, I remember, it was like it was yesterday, there was like eight mid-major college coaches with me, all sitting there, we're all just, you know, watching him play. And as the game progressed, he was a late bloomer. Uh, and as the game progressed, I'm like, okay, all these guys are going to be offering him. Uh, I think one of them maybe did out of the eight. <laughs> and so that was just bizarre. 
because he's a six six run jump athlete uh who just fits the profile in so many ways of his length and versatility and you know so he went the prep school route then long story short he just continued to progress and showcase those attributes those physical attributes uh that are so beneficial in a certain style of play to me and that i mean up and down defensively uh so that's what you know it, 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 this is different than a high school prospect, you guys. You know, it, you've, you know, you've watched him. You've seen him. I mean, I, everybody's watched what he's been able to do, and he's done it at, a, at, a, at an extremely high level at Texas Tech. Now, it, it, it's interesting to me that you know, I, again, I mean, everybody has a different way to go about how they finish their careers. Uh, but you're having success. You know, you've been a starter. You you've played in the Final Four. You've play at a high major league, uh, yet you're on the move. You know, uh, that that's just the day that's just what we're in now in college basketball. Well Joe answer uh, me answer me this. What was the relationship with Michigan and what happened there? Well it's a lot of those in the in the public. Um with, with, with I, I had heard it was interesting, I had heard that um before he was he was not gonna be able to get admitted to Michigan. And this was a while ago. So then I thought Michigan was out, and then all of a sudden he was visiting. And this was before even the visit and all this was happening. So um, it was just a matter of that, and uh, that's all I've gathered. And then, poof, you know, I, now I, I do know of, you know, at least a couple of other high major programs that that um, more or less, I would say, bailed on the, on the deal or on the situation for whatever reason. I didn't really get into specifics, but uh, so I mean, it, it, it was there for the taking, and and Illinois was able to take advantage of that, which is, you know, for their their you, you look at them, you guys and you guys follow Illinois as close as anybody. They they haven't had over the years a Terrence Shannon type of player, or very many of them, uh, with that super long, rangy athleticism on the wing and. Uber athlete and um, you know and accomplished, you know because of the numbers he's put up and the production he's had at a high major level. Uh, so that's you know it's exciting for for Illinois and what they can how they util, how they utilize them uh, in, in a way that you know they can play a little differently. Let's take a call for Joe Hendrickson. Steve is with us in Princeton. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Good listening to you and good to hear you, Joe. But I wish I had a podcast of a conversation when I called in three years ago to you, Joe. And it was like the first week of June, and Illinois State had just signed Antonio Reeves out of Simeon. And Mm -hmm. I can remember you saying that time, Joe, that you said Illinois State got a sleeper, but they won't be able to keep him for four years because the portal (laughs) is going to grab him after a while. And now he's going to Kentucky. But I wish we could replay that conversation you had saying that Antonio Reeves would not be at Illinois State four years. Well, that came to fruition. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a, a hard prediction nowadays. But, I mean, three years ago, it was, it was a little bit different. But, no, he, he's a terrific talent. Um, and, again, you know, Kentucky, you know, it's Kentucky. And, and you, you can only imagine the resources they have. But but I just thought what a prophet you are. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so, enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks. Well, thanks for the call, Steve. Thank you. Joe, tell us something. Uh, we've talked to you before about uh, Ty Rogers, but uh, tell us a little more about your thoughts of him and what you think he brings to Illinois. Well, I mean, it's just he's a winner. I mean, I, I don't, um, I don't recall you know a player like him in Illinois in a while in terms of all the attributes attributes he brings. Yeah, you know, he's physically gifted. He's he's got a great body. He's athletic. But I'm just talking that sheer will to win, uh, the competitiveness, uh, the team first mentality that has gone by the wayside over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, With him, it's nothing to do with me, 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 me. I mean, nothing. He brings zero baggage. And for a, you know, every program that gets a kid, they say all the right things. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not talking about Illinois here. I'm just talking about everybody. They say the right things about all the recruits. They say them about all the prospects they sign. But, you know, when you are in the inner workings of this and you see it up close and you're dealing with this and that with, with the recruiting process, how they play with the people around them and their coaches and the kids, you know often there's different levels of that. And this is at the highest level in terms of what he brings to a program. You know, he, there's things to work on. He, he's got to get better with a shot. Um, you know, he's not a gifted shooter. Uh, but he is—he will play an attacking style while in control. He'll get on the glass. He'll defend multiple positions. Uh, you know, I think you can go—you can go small and, and and play him at the four down the road. I mean, he could play the three and the four. So I, I just—I I think he is the ultimate uh, program guy. And sometimes that comes with a negative tone. Oh, he's not that good <laughs> because he's a program guy. But no, I mean he's. He's a winner. He's going to make your team better from day one. And while I don't have him as the number one prospect in the class, uh, I have a number three overall. And there's three guys are pretty interchangeable between Ty Rogers, Braden Huff, who's going to Gonzaga, Glenbard West, who I just love his upside, and then Jaden Shute from Yorkville Christian going to Duke. Those are your three guys. And I have Ty third. But I will say I think Ty – is the most ready to play as a freshman. I just think the upside of Braden Huff at 6'11 with his skill level and particularly the uh, program he's going to of, of how they play uh, suits him so well. It'll take him some time, though, where Ty Rogers is, is pretty man, a ready-made guy uh, as a freshman. We'll let you go with one more call. Jeff calling from New York City. You're on the air, Jeff, with Joe Hendrickson. Hi, uh, Joe. Um, I want to throw something out that's been percolating in my mind for you and Lauren and see what you think. I I think, um, and I have no basis to say on which to say this other than what I've, you know, just what I've uh, conceived here, but I think that sometime in the near future, we're going to see the ultra power uh, teams and programs form leagues rather than conferences and i think that they will be excuse me sports centric rather than school centric for example of the four basketball blue bloods that is kentucky duke north carolina and kansas 
whoever talks about their football program, nobody. And I think that they and uh, a number of other uh, power basketball programs will form a basketball league. And uh, I think that they will be playing each other. And I think that there will be playoffs at the end of it. And I would not be surprised if uh, at some time in the future, the NCAA tournament doesn't have about the same status that the NIT has now. In other words, it will be teams that are below the top level. And I would predict the same thing happens in football. What do you think about that? Okay, we've only got about a minute left. Uh, Joe, your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's a it's a common question that's being brought up right now. I, I The reason why I – and it's a notion that I, I see where it's coming from. But what's keeping us all together, the only thing that's keeping this from – happening that happening is the the big dollar amount that the ncaa tournament produces the ncaa tournament is a cash cow and, and it's just it's endless money for these teams and schools and you know what makes it a cash cow you know what makes it so intriguing why everybody loves it because of the saint peters of the world yeah uh you know that that's that's what generates the buzz the interest, those first four days of the NCAA tournament, and that's why I don't think they'll ever – that's the only thing that is keeping the low major and the mid-major basketball programs still in the game and still relevant is, is the NCAA tournament. And as long as that is producing the billions of dollars, the millions of dollars that it produces, uh, it's going to remain intact. Extremely popular, too, when you've got the Butlers coming into the championship game. When you've got uh, Loyola, yeah, Loyola beating Illinois, you got the upsets of. I mean, it's it's just too. I I can't imagine that they're going to uh, work away from that. And I think football is going to just go to a sixteen, well, probably a twelve team playoff. And I think that's going to be. Right. I, I think it's going to be perfect. But that's just me. I I I don't see this tier system developing. I don't think it will. But. There's a lot of talk about it, I'll say that. Good question, Jeff. We appreciate you listening. And uh, Joe Henriksen, as always, uh, thanks for your time. We'll let you get back into the gym. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Great show. Thank you. Joe Henriksen from Chicago Sun-Times and City Suburban Hoops Report at 931. A break, and we'll talk some Illinois basketball with strength and conditioning coach Adam Fletcher after this. Stay with us. 9.34. Mr. Tate, are you uh, dancing in The Little Mermaid at the Virginia Theater? It's a ballet. I thought of you when that... I probably won't be able to make that. (laughs) (laughs) You're busy that night? (laughs) Whatever night it is, I'm busy, yes. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Joe Hedrickson for spending some time with us, and we welcome Adam Fletcher to the program, the uh, University of Illinois basketball, men's basketball strength and conditioning coach. Good morning, Fletch. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. You know, I was going to uh, give you a little um, little buzz here. You're you're kind of becoming a, a rock star with uh, basketball recruits. Sky Clark mentioning you when he uh, decided to come here. He's looking forward to working with you. You're uh, you're stepping up in the world, aren't you? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know about all that. It's. Uh... Again, it's you know it's a part of what we do, and 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 fortunate to work with great coaches that uh, 
identify great talent and, uh, you know, give me the opportunity to, you know, to get with them on the, the calls and, and kind of share what I, what I might be able to do with them uh, over their development and their time with me. Well, I, I would ask right away, uh, Adam, what are the concerns? That you, I mean, I, obviously, he seems to be pretty much back to, I don't want to say full health, but with that knee and everything, uh, how, do you, how do you work with that? I mean, how do you approach that differently from maybe somebody who hadn't had a problem? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have great technology, uh, you know, in our, in our sports performance lab and, and with our force plate system, we can see uh, what his left-right differences are uh, in his ability to apply force to the ground. Uh, when we had him, uh, you know, on campus and he had already signed, we were able to do an assessment and uh, we, we were actually able to have him jump on the plate. So, um, you know, we've, we've kind of started to develop a plan uh, as to how we're going to attack that with our sports medicine team. And, and feel very confident, uh, you know, that he's in a great spot right now and that we can continue to improve him uh, in that area. Uh, again, with those plates, you know, we, we've talked about them several times, but you can see that left-right difference. And, you know, whenever you've got a, a side that has had injury, oftentimes you shift to the side that's healthy. And uh, anything that's over, a, a, you know, a 20% shift is something that's seen as significant. Um, I'll share in, in Sky's uh, specific case, you know, he's below that already. So uh, we feel very confident with where he is uh, and, you know, the ability to get him back to the court and, and perform it at a really high level. Had a chance to uh, talk a little bit uh, this week with Dane Danger, and he uh, spoke uh, about his relationship and time spent with you since he got here, which I guess is about four months ago. What, uh, what have you seen in, in him and the way – You've worked with him to change his body and uh, some of the uh, the jumps he's made. Yeah, well, hopefully he had good things to say. He did. Uh, Dane and I have spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time together, so uh, you never know how those things go. But uh, Dane's great, and and uh, you know one of the things that we're really attacking with him is is body composition. We we feel that if we can increase his muscle mass while you know decreasing his fat mass. Um, you know, we can really, really improve his athleticism. So uh, Dane and I spent a lot of time together. Uh, you know, we're, we're very fortunate, again, that with our nutrition uh, group, you know, we're, we're able to feed our guys. And um, I'm able to sit down in a lot of those meals and, and uh, with, with Palmer Johnson, our, our nutritionist, and really dial, dial in, you know, what these guys are eating every day. And that's been a big part of Dane's development is just helping him continue to make great decisions uh, nutritionally, that's going to continue to drive his, you know, body composition. Um, you know, in that time, he's put on 16 pounds of lean muscle mass and has dropped uh, 10, you know, 10 pounds of fat mass. Um, we can we can test that with our DEXA scan system, where we can actually see muscle mass, fat mass, and bone density uh, be very specific in how we're gaining and losing weight. Uh, so with Dane, again, we're continuing to, to change that body composition. Uh, we feel really good about the gains that he's made uh, in, in the short amount of time and, you know, feel like we can continue to develop in that area. Uh, can you tell us exactly what's going to go on? Uh, tomorrow's the first day of May, and I'm told you have a May mini class that the freshmen can take, and they'd also maybe be working with you during this time. Explain that to us, please. Yeah, really excited about it. It's, it's the first time since I've been here that, that we've actually been able to get uh, a couple of our freshmen in uh, the May semester. So it's actually a four-week 
block that will actually happen. It's really summer one um, before the summer two segment starts, which is an eight-week block. So uh, just to speak on May, it'll be a four-week segment. It'll be a transition period for our guys. It's, it's a really good time for these freshmen. We're going to be able to get them into a class uh, to start working on, you know, getting ahead of, of some things academically, uh, really starting to get the structure down, the, you know, that the college life takes. Um, and in that time, there'll be optional weightlifting sessions where they're, you know, where they're able to use our facility um, with my supervision, you know, to make sure that, you know, no one's doing anything that's going to get themselves hurt. Uh, but again, those are optional times. Um, the, the, uh, the full team will be back on campus you know, middle of June, and that will be an eight-week segment. So uh, again, we feel really excited about that. Be an opportunity to get my hands on, uh, you know, Sky Clark a little bit earlier uh, than what we would traditionally do with freshmen in terms of getting them to campus. Oh, well, you've got four freshmen. Are all four going to be there? Uh, we're still working through that process. Okay. Uh, I can I can say for sure that that uh, you know uh, Sky will be there. Um, and uh, we're, we're working through a couple of the other guys. Some of that depends on their graduation date uh, from high school as to how quickly we can get them into our summer classes here um, on campus. Will there be other players around during that time as well, Fletch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got a couple of guys. Uh, I know that Luke, Luke Goody will be here and Dane will be here. Uh, you know, a couple of guys that are, are uh, you know, using that opportunity to get ahead academically. Um, you know, I think a couple of the other guys are still working through the process uh, as to what classes they may be able to take uh, in that in that first segment of summer school. Uh, the the one thing that's challenging is sometimes the classes that are available aren't classes that make sense for the guys that that could be on campus. So just something that we're working through uh, and, and trying to get you know a couple more guys on campus just for an extra four weeks. You talk about all the. Um the uh, different uh, options and things you have at your disposal to test athletes and keep up with things. And uh, I would guess that that technology is changing as we speak. And uh, your wife is also in, in the same uh, business. She works with the uh, women's basketball team. And how do you guys keep up with all of that? You, it sounds to me like you need to go back to school uh, as well to stay uh, up to date on technology. Yeah, it's, Again, I think it's probably, you know, in athletics, I think it's probably, you know, one of the fastest growing uh, segments in, in all of college athletics is sports performance. And that includes, you know, nutrition and, and athletic uh, medicine and, and strength and conditioning, really all kind of together. Um, sports psychology, you know, that area is ever changing and, and, and growing rapidly. And uh, certainly, you know, at the University of Illinois, we're very fortunate with, with great resources and the ability to you know, make, make informed decisions and, and uh, you know, purchase equipment that's going to help, you know, our athletes, one, stay healthy, uh, or two, you know, return from play, uh, re return from injury, and be at an area where they can play, you know, with, without any concerns of re-injury. Uh, that's, that's something that we're constantly screening, uh, you know, talking with, with other uh, professionals, whether it be in the you know NBA, NFL, um, wh wh where are they going with with different sports technology? How are they utilizing it? Does it make sense for our program? I think the one thing that people can get lost in in technology is is it, because it is changing so quickly. Uh, everyone's just trying to buy what's next, and when you do that, you're not obviously 
uh, implementing it in a way that you can drive change. And when we when we make a purchase, we want to make sure that it's something that we can drive change from. Uh, and we're not just buying something uh, to, to say that we're collecting data. I wanted to ask about uh, Ubin and uh, how soon you'll be moving in there and how that's going to affect you. Oh, it's it's great. It's uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. You know, uh, a lot of people don't realize that you know our weight room, uh, really over the last, I mean, eight years, seven years has has been the smallest, you know, in, in our league. Uh, it's it's been a you know it's it's a we call it the matchbox. It's it's tiny, and uh, the 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 renovation is significant in that area. It's it's gonna, you know four times my current space we've got a, a sports technology lab in there that's going to be incredible with the equipment that we have in it um you know i think we're targeting you know a september a september start uh, sometime in september being able to be back in that building and 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 full go with our guys uh right now uh, though you know although we're out of that space we've got another unbelievable weight room um at the Feist, the, the the old football weight room, which we're able to use, so we're not you know we're not hurting any means uh, in terms of equipment right now. We're very fortunate that we've got a lot of great uh, rooms, you know, in our athletic department to to be able to train our athletes. But yeah, something we're really really excited about, and and you know maybe in the future we can get on a call and and talk about some of the the, the specific technology that we're putting in into our new space that that's going to be really a game changer for our athletes. Yeah, Lord, and I can't wait for you to give us a tour of that when the, the time is right. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Fletch, we appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, taking time on a Saturday morning, and we'll talk to you soon. Great stuff. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. You yeah. know, I, I, enough about the strength and conditioning. i got to tell you guys, Mike Mary and his team there at the uh, Palo Window and Door Store, what a great group of guys. So I uh, just, just wanted to say that uh, I had the opportunity to work with them a couple months back, and and just uh, just an incredible group group and a great team to work with for any of your uh, door and window needs. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Fletch. You lead me right into a commercial for him. <laughs> All right, we'll great. see you. That's Adam Fletcher with the uh, U of I men's basketball team, the strength and conditioning coach. And by the way, if you are looking for replacement windows or doors, plan out out a little bit now. They're still having. Uh, not only Illini Pella, but other folks as well, still having a little bit of difficulty in uh, the product supply and getting things in. So think down the road a little bit. And uh, when you're just starting to think about it, give them a call because uh, they've got many examples on the showroom floor and several styles and prices, entry doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, all kinds of windows as well. You'll find them at their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, or Saturday by appointment. Check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. Mike Mary is the general manager, and he is the guy to talk to, one of the guys to talk to at the Pella window store. Just yesterday, a member of my family used Pella. And I used them. Uh, installed just to, a major is <laughs> door. Right? Good, yeah. yeah. I installed a front door. They installed a front door that I purchased from them uh, a month or so ago at my house in Savoy. So congratulations and thanks to uh, all the folks at uh, the Pella Window Store. We appreciate them being the title sponsor of our Saturday morning sports talk show. Thanks to Adam Fletcher for his time. And now we welcome in Illinois assistant uh, football coach Kevin Kane in, uh, on the air with us in the year number two with the U of I. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? Keeping you busy over there. Sounds like you got some family time going. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got off the road uh, last night from recruiting, and my wife has all sorts of stuff for me to do today. So I'm attempting to build a playset, a giant playset. You should see my garage right now. It's loaded with wood, and <laughs> it's going to be interesting. We won't hold you up too long on that. I know how important that is. But uh, you, you, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned being out on the road recruiting. How's that going? How's the response going? Uh, it's gone pretty well. You know, uh, you know, we, we wrapped up spring ball last week and, you know, we did a bunch of exit interviews like with our, with our current roster. And that was, that took us all the way through Wednesday. And so really Thursday and Friday were really the first couple of days we were able to get out and about. And, and uh, a lot of us guys were, some of us were uh, local guys, like went to Chicagoland. Some guys were out to Florida and did some different spots, but it was great getting out on the road, seeing these coaches. This is the first time since, spring of 19 that we were able to get, get out and do a spring recruiting evaluation. So it's, it was fun to get back out and these juniors in high school haven't seen coaches in their, in their building in the springtime ever. So like everybody's kind of in shock and it was great to see all these guys and, and coaches. And I think it, everything's being well received. Kevin, this is Lauren. Uh, you, uh, you spent some time at SMU and of course a number of years at uh, Northern Illinois and you were off uh, defensive coordinator in some of those years. And I wonder how does this, uh, your, your position now as associate head coach, as well as uh, outside linebacker coach, how does this, how does this differ from, from being a coordinator? You know, it's, it's, you know, I still attack everything as a coordinator. I feel like, uh, you know, I think it's, that's kind of one of the, the great things that we have going for us right now on our, on the defense side of the ball is, is, is coach Bielen was hired a bunch of, a bunch of guys that have either been coordinators or are current coordinators. So yeah. I think, you know, blending the minds together and all that, it's been a lot of fun. The only difference for that is, is on game day. I don't have to worry about calling it. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the difference. But then from the, you know, the associate head coach spot, you know, coaching gave me certain things to do that uh, I wouldn't be able to do as a coordinator because I'd be worried about that. So that part's been fun too, just kind of get both ends of the spectrum. And uh, it, it's been awesome to kind of see, see from the lens of, of that world uh, as, as Coach Bielema has to do certain things. Okay, I, 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 you have to pardon me because I call your position defensive end. I mean, other people call it outside linebacker. But in any case, you had two really outstanding seniors last year that are gone. I see Seth Coleman. It looks like Ezekiel Holmes has stepped up. Would you talk about how you're going to replace the, the players that are gone? And, and is Bryce Barnes now, is he moving inside as opposed to outside? Yeah, no, uh, obviously, you know, hopefully, hopefully today we get some good news about OC and Isaiah with what their next uh the next part of their journey is but, but those are two really important keys to our defense last year that have all of a sudden exited so uh i was excited to see how guys like seth coleman and zeke holmes would kind of take the reins this just not just this spring but this winter and, and spring to see where the leadership's going to develop in that room because uh, those two guys were pretty powerful voices and strong personalities so uh, you know going through this winter and spring I, i'm extremely optimistic and excited about where Seth is, where Zeke is, um, you know, guys like uh, Alec Bryant have, have really stepped up to, to, to prove that they have, they're going to play at a high level. Uh, Shimon Cooper did a great job. Uh, you know, we got young guys, Jared Beatty in the house. that's going to do some good stuff, I think. And, you know, I, I'm really excited about where this position is. And the guys have a lot more comfort in the system now since we know what we do, you know, and, and to see them out there not thinking about what their job is, just reacting to, to what the offense has given them this spring. That was fun to watch. So 
Well, I'm excited. I thought, you know, obviously you can never replace, you know, guys that were, that were really productive, but you know, these guys are going to step up and have opportunity to make a lot of plays this, this fall. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do about it. I brought up Bryce Barnes cause he's from Gibson city and it looked like he might be moving yeah. in with uh, Randolph. For- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sir. He was, he was moving in. He, 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 he bolts up quite a bit this off season, man. He looks great. He had a great spring. So he'll be, he'll be one of our defensive ends inside. So, uh, he's done a great job. Talking to Kevin Kane, uh, spring practice this year and the spring game compared to spring practice last year. What what were the, what are the differences? Shoot, we know what we're doing. Uh, that that's the main. You know, right. so you know the guys, personnel better, right? To, absolutely. So I think uh, you know from the personnel standpoint, from the schematic standpoint, we were able to focus a lot on on, on really just being becoming a better football player. Um, I think you'll see uh, this fall guys that are playing technical points, just the technical skills that we want because we were able to do so. And we were able to uh, focus on those things rather than, hey, this is where you got to line up and everything like that. So um, that was the biggest difference for us on year two, you know, and and like finding whatever whatever kind of you know things that people attacked us on last year. How do we how do we address those? How do we fix that and adding that to our package and and, and that part was fun as well too. Just we kind of developed this package last year out of, you know, out of stuff that Coach Walters has done, and then we added to it. And there were certain things that happened throughout the course of the year, like, oh, shoot, well, that's an issue. And now we've addressed that over the offseason and have been able to practice it over, over the spring, which has been great. There was a, a, a big, I thought, a, a big difference in, in the defense of after about three or four games through the rest of the season, maybe with a little problems with Wisconsin. But nevertheless, I, I just thought that there was something different was it was it when you went to an odd formation as opposed to a, to an even? Was was that the key? I think I think that was part of it. I, I do. I think also, uh, you know, Coach Walters going down to the field was a big deal. I mm-hmm. think our guys felt a little comfort, more comfort with him being down there. And, and it's just one of those deals where all of a sudden the lights kind of light bulbs came on for a lot of players, and and uh, all of a sudden everybody started playing with confidence, and then it just steamrolled from there. Like our guys never went into a game. Thinking, thinking that we weren't going to go crush the the opponent, you know, and and that was fun to watch, and they, and, and it's infectious, you know. So it starts from from the leadership, from from what Coach B lets us do to how Coach Walters does it, and then the rest of the staff, you know. I think we have such a pretty tight staff on defense that we all have fun together, we joke together, and then our players see that, and then as a result, they go out there and have fun and, and protect each other as well, you know. So um, it was right around that time when we decided to do that, and. And uh, it's a pretty fun scheme that we're in. I think it gives offenses a lot of trouble. And uh, we, we just, we've just kind of taken this thing and grown it and ran with it. Another minute or two with Kevin Kane. Hopefully some other uh, former Illinois guys will get uh, a chance at uh, the uh, next level. Of course, uh, Kirby Joseph drafted in the third round to the uh, Detroit Lions last night. Your yeah. thoughts on that? Always good to have a guy in the draft. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. No, we're fired up for Kirby. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, pretty much learned that position in a year, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's an extremely, extremely intelligent, uh, extremely good football player, but even better person, you know, and he's always got a smile on his face and he's worked extremely hard since we've been here and to see, see him get rewarded and, and kind of see where he's at right now is awesome. And, you know, coach, I think coach Walters and coach Henry were down recruiting in Florida. We were able to be there with him last night to, to help him celebrate. So, so now that part's done. Now he's got to get to work. All right. So, 
everybody knows where he's at. Everybody knows who he is. He's got to that level. Now he's got to go prove what he's worth. And, and he will. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, this will be off-the-wall question, but I, I, a lot of the time you have five defensive backs in, and sometimes you, maybe you start the game with four. How, what, do you know the percentages on that? How much of the time, uh, I, I would assume five is more of a, a pass defense, or am I wrong or right on that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it all depends on what we get on the field from the offense, you know. So if they're uh, in little, little people personnel, then we're going to match it with some more speed. And if they're in big people, we're going to match it with big people. So that's just kind of the, the, the chess game that, that offense and defense have to play. Like, Every week we go in to say, all right, this personnel group is going to be great against these personnel groups. And, and that's kind of where we're at with everything. So it's, it's really all based on what we're getting from the offense, who's going to be on the field. Kevin, we appreciate your time. I need to know, though, do you have the instructions out for your uh, little project that you're putting together? Or are you going to do oh like me and get halfway through it before you get the instructions <laughs> out? <laughs> well, I was lucky. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife, she, she ordered this thing and, and uh, she's like, "Well, do you want to build it, or do you want to <laughs> you want to have me hire somebody?" I was like, "Well, let's, let's give, give me a run at it." Thank God, my dad drove up from Kansas City, so he's here helping me out. <laughs> if I took a picture of my garage, it, it's covered like, from like there's wood everywhere. So this should be interesting. So we got to test this with the parents, I think, before we put any kid on it. There you go. Sure well, you got a nice, uh, nice rainy day to be in the garage and a rainy day project for you. Oh, yes. It'll be a blast. Hey, we appreciate your time. Good to chat with you. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Kevin. All right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun. You too. That's Kevin Kane. He coaches the outside linebackers for Brett Bielma and the Fighting Illini football team heading into year number two. 9.57, we're heading into our number two of Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk, and we'll be back with that after this. Stay with us. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody. At 10.02, we're headed to 10.45 today. We're off a little bit early. Illinois baseball at that time, 11 o'clock first pitch. The Illini at Indiana. That'll be here on DWS and 93.9 FM. Thanks to our guests in the first hour, Joe Hendrickson from the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Fletcher, U of I basketball strength and conditioning coach and Kevin Kane, assistant Illini football coach, joined us. And now we're happy to kick off our number two with uh, our friend David Kaplan from Chicago, the host of Unfiltered with David Kaplan. And we're banking on some unfiltered David Kaplan comments. You think we can get that today? I think we can. (laughs) Morning, David. 
Good morning. Yep, I'm the unfiltered guy that once had one of your former ADs call me after I was on with Lauren. And I heard what you said. Now everyone's using it against me. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, you know what? You, you don't know where you get inspiration from in this business, right? Somebody, somebody call you a name and it might just stick. Exactly. I'm not sure what they're calling Lauren these days, but we we wanted to uh, to touch base with you on a, a few things about your new show. Uh, talk about uh, how that came about. Did it replace something that you had done previously, or is this a whole new concept? So it replaced Sports Talk Live, which when the pandemic hit, we were doing remotely because our studios were closed. They had just built this gorgeous multi-million dollar studio, and then all of a sudden, we had no games for three months. We had no access to the studio, so we were on first Zoom. Now we use a technology called StreamYard, which is a little more high quality. And then it just continued. We were doing everything remotely, and they ended up not doing the rest of that show. But I was still doing the football after show with Olin Krutz and Alex Brown and Lance Briggs and doing some other online stuff for them in addition to my radio, and then back, I don't know, must have been December, I got called into a meeting, and they said, well, this is silly. Now you have an opportunity to go do this back in the studio. You're vaccinated. They had their whatever their rules were, and everybody said, let's do it. And they got sponsorship for it right away. So it's uh, it gives me a forum, since I'm not doing the Cubs anymore, that I can say whatever I want to say. I have not been filtered at all. And Look, I'm never going to get personal. That's not the way I operate. But I am going to tell you the truth, and I am going to be honest. And I've had players or coaches or executives. Joe Madden was mad at me because I thought I was being honest. And, you know, some people don't want me to be entirely honest but it doesn't make them look good. So that's where Unfiltered came from. Well, let's uh, where are the Cubs in, in, in your view? Where are they? Are they making progress? What direction is it going? What are they going to do with Hayward? What are they going to do with Contreras? And have they got a ball club there that can win games? Uh, I think they're a decent team, Lauren. They've got good young pitching coming. I think Justin Steele is going to be a really nice addition. I don't think he's going to be Max Scherzer. Um, they have got to continue to develop pitching, and they've got some coming in the system. Brennan Davis is a minor league kid in Iowa who I think is going to be really, really good. His father, he doesn't have a relationship with his dad, but his biological father is Reggie Theus. So hmm. he's got great bloodlines as an athlete. He'll end up, I think, sometime this season, certainly by opening day next year, he'll be in one of the outfield spots. And then you'll have uh, say is Suzuki, who's going to be, I think, will win Rookie of the Year. He's a really, really wonderful player. They just aren't there yet. I think they're making progress. I think it's a way better situation than it was a year ago when you knew they weren't going to sign Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and they, we were waiting for the other shoe to drop. So they're not a great team, but I still watch my Cubbies every night. Uh, what's going to happen with Hayward? They're just going to ride it he's out. Got he's got one, another year. He's got one more year left. He's he's a tremendous presence in that clubhouse. He is. And I know fans go, but he stinks as a player in terms of his offensive capabilities. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he played 
through next year. You're not going to get anything for him in a trade. You'd have to eat so much of the money that is it a value to have him in the room as you mentor young guys? I would argue yes. Uh, he just He's never going to be the guy they thought they were buying. Let's take a phone call for David Kaplan, Jim in Champaign. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Hey, 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 hey Dave. Uh, you, you know, you, you talk good. You talk about uh, Hayward. He reminds me of like Andre Dawson when he was at the end of the Cub. He's such a, a pre, like you said, a presence in the club room. People look up to him and they, they listen to him. But I'm going to turn that 360 and talk about Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. They've got one year left on their contracts. Do you think the Hawks will let them play that year out and then let them go as free agents? Uh, or would you try to sign Kane back? And, um, you know, the Hawks had a great run, but salary cap killed them. Um, talk a little bit about those two players because they're Hall of Famers as far as I'm concerned. And, um, I really miss you on the Cub, Cubs game. So um, that's all I got to say, Dave. Good to hear from you. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate your call. So first I'll start with uh, Kate. Uh, look, I think he should retire as a Blackhawk. I do. But if you are going to accelerate your rebuild, that's the, probably the one real piece you have you could trade and get a ton back for. So they've got to make that decision with him, and I know that they're going to go meet with him season ended last night and they're going to meet with him and ask him it's going to take us a little time here do you want to be part of this and retire as a Blackhawk whenever that day comes or do you want us to move you somewhere where you feel like you can go win another Stanley Cup I hope he wants to be in Chicago I really do and I've heard that he does but again if you're trying to accelerate your rebuild he's the one piece you have you could get something for Debrinket but you would get the most for Patrick Kane. As for Jonathan Taves, I think it was good he was able to come back after a year away where he dealt with COVID and he had some other issues in his life that he was dealing with. Uh, I think Jonathan plays one more year, I think, and then I think he rides away. I heard He has a home in Arizona. I've heard he's building a home in Costa Rica, and he's very much in touch with uh, – so he lives a what we call a green life, very much a recycling guy, very much a natural food guy. Uh, he's he's a deep thinker. I wouldn't be shocked if he said, you know what, I have one year left. If you get anything for me and move half the money, I'll go play there. And maybe it's the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe he goes home to Winnipeg for one year. That's where he's from. But I don't see him as a long-term piece of the organization in terms of on the ice back to baseball give us your unfiltered thoughts of the white Sox mm. to date where they've lost nine of the last 10 they're awful mm-hmm. and and they've got talent that's the thing that's so mystifying now i know they have a ton of guys on the injured list they got giolito back but he lost yesterday they're waiting on lance lynn to come back they're waiting on yoan Moncada to come back now Aloy Jimenez is gone for the better part of two months with a hamstring injury. They just don't look right. Defensively, Tim Anderson looks terrible. I don't know what happened to Tim Anderson. That kid's a really good player. He's one of the leaders in their room, and they just look like they're off. I don't know if that's a Tony thing. I like Tony LaRusso. He's a Hall of Fame manager. I know that fans 
didn't want to hire a 77-year-old manager, that guy's a winner, and that guy knows how to manage a baseball team. But there's something off, and they have got to get this thing turned around quickly. They're lucky they're not buried in the division with a 9 out of 10 streak. If somebody got off to an incredible start, you could be in real trouble playing from behind. But they're still right in this thing, and there's so much time left. But boy, oh boy, Liam Hendricks looks awful. They've really had some big-name, big-money guys struggle mightily, which I can't figure out. Yeah, it, it's it's early, and and they're only three and a half games out, but it's a, it's makes you wonder what's going on. But I, I would think they'll get it straightened out, and that division is winnable. Uh, you know, I mean, it isn't like there's a a runaway team there. But I want to bring you over to Io. I want to bring you back to the Bulls. What what's your thoughts on on Io's season, the Io in the playoffs, and the Bulls? So I'm a big Io fan. I really like the way this kid operates we had a chance to interview him he is so mature for a young kid that's what is he 21 years of of age and he stepped up when they needed him to step up in the heart of the season you know you get college kids you get to game number 45 and they're like this is more than i play in an entire season it never seemed to phase him i think the speed of the playoffs the intensity of playoffs might have been a little much for him. You saw his numbers decrease until Alex Caruso was ruled out in Game 5. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I don't think Kobe White is a long-term fit here. Mm -hmm. For one reason, he hasn't shot the ball well, and the other reason is Io. I think Io is going to chew up a lot of those minutes, and I think he's going to be a really, really wonderful player. Am I talking all-NBA player? That's too much expectation to put on that kid. But to be a really significant contributor on a team I think is ready to take another step, yeah, absolutely. Okay, you say they're going to take another step. How are they going to do that? What, what, what do they need to improve to do that? Well, they've got to get Zach Levine healthy. I think he's going to have surgery here in the next week or two. They've got to get Lonzo Ball back and healthy. And I think he may have to have another scope because he's still got pain in his surgically repaired knee. And then, for me, the biggest key is they've got to get Patrick Williams to take the next step. You saw incredible leadership after Game 5 the other night from DeMar DeRozan. First of all, this is a 32-year-old man who has played 10 years in the NBA. Io gets his jersey number honored down at Illinois on one of their rare off days. And who's sitting on the bench down there with him? It's DeMar DeRozan. He didn't even know this kid until last summer. He signs with the Bulls. They start training camp, and they develop a good friendship. He mentors Io, and on a day off, he goes down to Champagne. Not that there's anything wrong with Champagne, but that's just not how NBA players operate. They just don't. And to see him do that, and then after the game on what was what was it uh, the other night on Wednesday, he said, "I'm going to take two weeks off." And then Patrick Williams is going to meet me in Los Angeles. He's going to stay at my home, and I'm going to put him, this is his quote, I'm going to put him through the hell that I put myself through to get ready for an NBA season. He's going to learn what being a pro is all about. He's going to learn what work ethic is all about. He said, I love this kid and how hard he works. And he said, and that includes 4 a.m. wake-up calls on a regular basis. He said, that guy's going to be a multi-time all-star, and I'm going to help him get there. That's leadership. That was amazing. 
Visiting with David Kaplan, want to check in with you on uh, the Bears and the NFL draft and what you've seen there and how do you uh, see the Bears improving? I actually like what they did in the draft, but I said on my radio show yesterday to my partner Jonathan Hood, none of us know anything. Mel Kuyper doesn't know anything. He studies harder than a lot of us do on prospects because it's his job or Todd McShay. But in the end, if those guys knew everything about every prospect, they'd be running an NFL team making millions, and they're not. Mm-hmm. That's how hard the job is to look at a player and go, okay, he benched how much, he rammed how fast, he did this, and then they get to the NFL and they, they don't have that, what players always tell me, the dog mentality. I don't care who's in front of me, I'm going to beat them. Guys get paid, they get soft. It's a really, really difficult job to figure out who's good and who's not, and then who's going to take that next step. Do you bet on potential? Do you bet on what they did at the college level? Do you go, well, they played in a bad program, so I'm not going to draft them? It's a really tricky thing to figure this all out, and I like that they went and got a cornerback who everybody raves about with his leadership from Washington. He should start opening day opposite Jalen Johnson. And then they go get the safety from Penn State. He should be a starter opening day. And then they take a shot on a kid who's Debo Samuel-like. I'm not telling you he's going to be that good, but that's how he plays. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can play on special teams, uh, the kid that they drafted out of Tennessee. So they are a long way away. They're going to have a bad season, and that's okay. They've picked a lane, and they've decided we're going to tear it down. Look at all the talent that walked out the door. I thought they were poorly coached. I thought that this team could be markedly better with the right coach, and they said, nope, we're moving on from Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks and uh, James Daniels, all these guys out the door, and they haven't really replaced any of them. So we'll see where they go. I like what they did in the first, uh, first day for them, rounds two and three in the draft. You know, you say it's okay, it's okay, but the problem with the Bears is they haven't been okay for so long. <laughs> how, how long can they go before they start losing fans? Will that they'll ever happen? I mean, <laughs> No. They'll never lose fans. I think they're a poorly run organization. I hope they finally got this hire right. I liked Ryan Pace as a guy, but you can't keep missing in the first round and keep your job. You know, you miss on Kevin White, horrible pick. Mitchell Trubisky, I still think they mismanaged, but the bottom line is his numbers in Chicago, not good enough. Uh, Leonard Floyd didn't perform here, did a great job with Aaron Donald out there with him in Los Angeles. So as you look at all the mistakes they've made, Adam Shaheen in the second round and all these other guys, you can't keep missing and keep your job. That's why there's a new regime. Cap, have a good weekend here, and uh, it's good to see you on TV again. And uh, by the way, you got you talk about a studio. What a good-looking studio you got, man. Lauren, that's what you get when you spend millions of dollars. NBC <laughs> stepped up on that one. Well, I'm going to stay with, ra- also- I'm gonna stay with no, radio so you can't see me. <laughs> You'd be perfect on TV. Uh, I just also would like to – I reached out to Jim Turpin's family, but yeah. that guy was a – Really, really good man. He is going to be missed. It's a loss to the community. Yep. But uh, I remember going. To, I told you this before. I got invited to go to the Purdue game at Purdue in 1989, and I hung out at the hotel 
and had something to eat with you and Jim. Coach Henson came by the table, and then you played Purdue and Everett Stevens. And that's one of my favorite games I've ever been to. That place was insane to watch a game in, and I had dinner with you guys, and he was a good man. Yeah, he was, and and we'll miss him. Thanks a lot. So God bless. Always great to have you. We'll be calling you in another month. You call me whenever you want. You're my guy. Don't ever forget that. Okay. We'll do it. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. David Kaplan in Chicago at 1019. Open line the rest of the way. We're here until 1045. Illinois golf team making a run. They've made up six shots. Oh, good. Uh, Six of ten, huh? First three holes. Oh, come on. Three holes. Over at French Lick. They are six under on the day. You know, yesterday... All the Michigan State guys were under par. They were even and, today so far. And all the uh, Illinois guys were over par except Day Chassant. And I have to stop and think and pronounce that. Adrian, Adrian Dupont, Dupont Day Chassant. Yeah. He shot 64. <laughs> Eight under. That uh, was the individual lead. And he had a bogey. After day one. What was he doing? He had a bogey on a par four. Well, that happens. <laughs> Michigan State is, as we speak now, 12 under par which is what they were going into the second round. Illinois now eight under par and in second place, four shots back. Early in the in the round, hopefully they'll get it in with uh, the weather. Who knows what it is over there today, but uh, they're going to get some weather in the next couple of days probably. But in the early going, uh, Mike Small's team making a run. We'll talk more about that if you like. Some other golf notes as well. Anything else that might be on your mind after this time out on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Phone lines are open here for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. 217-356-9397. Well, and I fell a Saturday sports talk. We were talking about the Big Ten golf championships on the men's side over at French Lick, Indiana. They're playing the Pete Dye course. The Illini going for the seventh straight Big Ten championship and number 12 out of the last 13 under Mike Small. And uh, they've made up some ground. They, other than Adrian uh, uh, Dupont de Chassard, they didn't have a good day it's yesterday. It's easy for you to say. Just call him Adrian. Yo, Adrian, way to play. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Adrian. <laughs> but <laughs> they're off to a, a really good start in uh, round number two of three rounds of the Big Ten Championships in golf. The ladies' team is seated fifth in the Tallahassee Regional of the NCAA Tournament. That comes up next weekend. Fifth straight attorney bid for Ray uh, Renee Sloan's team. They're ranked 25th in the country. Let's go to the phones. Terry is calling from Melbourne, Florida. Hey, Terry. Hi, uh, Steve and Lauren. I uh, had a question that resulted from talking to a friend of mine a couple months ago. He's an Illinois State fan. And he was maintaining that conferences like the Missouri Valley, and of course including ISU, would end up getting cherry-picked by the the upper-level college programs. And then I saw an article in the paper that says, boy, we've got a lot of Missouri Valley players going into the transfer portal. And so my question to you is, uh, is this just a case of the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, or do you think that the... Uh, places like ISU are really going to be hurt by this transfer business. The places like Illinois State are really going to be hurt by any time they get a player who performs at a high, high level. 
is going to is going to leave. He has to. He's going to make a lot more money somewhere else, and of course he he's got a better uh, a stepping stone to the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt. I mean, so they're, the they're definitely the going to be hurt. Etc. Are gone. <laughs> what we're watching in in college basketball is terrible. I mean, they've just mm-hmm. they're ruining the sport, and. I think that uh, I thought that Joe Hendrickson explained that about as good as anybody could this morning when he's on with us. I mean, coaches are 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 just uh, becoming desperate about uh, the, the amount of work they have to do. I mean, I mean, there are fifteen hundred people, fifteen hundred college basketball athletes in the portal right now. I'm at one thousand five hundred, and there are only three hundred and fifty teams. You can figure out mm-hmm. how many that is per team. I mean. And when a when a really good player gets in there uh, from a small school, I mean you know what's going to happen. I mean he, they're they're going to they're going to move. And that whole process is going to feed right down to the very lowest levels. Well, you know, yeah. ISU will be picking players from even smaller schools then. Oh sure, oh sure. Anybody that can help them. Yeah. This is not a good uh, picture in terms of the future, Lauren. No, it isn't, and and the portal has is now uh, you know now that it's just uh, what it is is if you, uh, let's just say you went into NBA and made every player in the NBA eligible to transfer and and play with a different team, it's free agency for everybody. Now the thing about right. the, the thing about professionals, the guy's got a five year contract, he can't do that. You know, a guy's got a two-year contract. He can't, you know, Io can't up and leave the Bulls. He can't just go into a portal somewhere. He can't do that. So so all of a sudden we're finding that the NBA is more stable than college basketball. And it, it right. used to be the other way around. Now, do you expect uh, football to be impacted similarly? Yeah, I do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Bielma has taken advantage of the portal for quarterbacks. Yeah, and yeah. who knows? He may get another Russell Wilson someday. <laughs> well, I don't think they. I don't think you want to keep doing that forever. I think you got to build. I, 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 you know, having a quarterback in for one year, you know, that's not a that's not a good policy. No, it isn't. Although this present one is a pretty exciting kid. Well, I, yeah, he's a good. He's a good player. But I, I, I heard Kane say something. Kevin Kane was on with he. He coaches on the defensive side, and and I think Steve asked him a question about spring practice. He said, "We know what we're doing. Why does they know? Why do they know what we're doing? They've been here a second year. Our offensive coordinator is a first year guy. Next year he'll say, this year we know what sure. we're doing. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean." As good as Lunny is, and he's a, I'm sure he's a, a wonderful offensive coordinator, he'll be better next year when he's been here a year, when he's had the players for a year. I mean, many of the players will be back, and maybe the quarterback won't. I, you know, that's a, but uh, the whole business is it's just it's turned rotten on us, and there's nothing anybody can do, and the coaches know it, but they're not going to say it. Hey, Terry, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Bye-bye. It bye. is uh, 1029. Need to uh, take a quick break. Marty, hang on. We'll get to you in a couple of minutes here on Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. 1031. Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Marty in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Been standing by during that break. Appreciate it, Marty. What's on your mind this morning? Well, it's... A great day. Any day you got Joe Hendrickson and Dave Kaplan, it's a really good show. Um, Lauren, you're so right. Continuity, 
is king. You see it at Iowa and Wisconsin. They hire people that come from within their system and they stay there a long time. They know what they're doing. Um, and that reflects in their, their records over the years. I, I do have a question here. Um, Kofi leaves and the Guardians and everyone else, whoever was pulling in, were putting together a big package for him. I understand that. Now, Terrence Shannon, did he uh, wasn't coming to Illinois, uh, and then he is, and I understand these kids are used to doing that. They switch AAU teams in high schools like it's candy. Yep. Do you think Do you think maybe he figured out, well, if Kofi's not there, there's a lot more money for NIL at Illinois than there is elsewhere? I brought that up to, to one of the guys that's involved in this, and he said no. He said that uh, the money for Kofi was the money for Kofi. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some money for, for um, you know, for somebody well, that's 6'6 six, six <laughs> and averaged yeah, 10 well. points a game, and, and, you know, as his third year of college. I mean, I, I don't know how good uh, Shannon is. I know he's, a, he's an athlete. I know he's a good jumper, and he's going to play good defense, but I don't know if he's a difference maker uh, offensively. I just don't know that. Yeah. Well, I – I think you, your difference maker may not be just him, but let's look at Rodgers, Shannon, and Melendez. Those are three quick-twitch athletes, all with range, all capable of playing defense and scoring. And we haven't had three guys like that on the same team in a long, long time. I, I, think, you're, I think you're right, although I've – you know, I, I have a little different perspective on Rodgers because I saw him play at his worst. You know, he wound up the last two games for Thornton. He scored nine points and six points. And this, this is a game they lost in the, in the state tournament, the second one. The first one they beat uh, Kankakee. But I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, he's going to have to prove some things to me. I saw some things well, I, on that court that disappointed me in him. Yeah, I don't look at him as a scorer. I look I know. at him as a certain I understand that. Type. I know. I, I get that whole thing, but you, you got to score some. In other words, you got to be good enough that they guard you. If they don't guard yeah, you, then then yeah. then it hurts the team. Then you end up like the Houston game. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, we yeah. yeah. If you don't guard, if you got two guys that are not going to guard, then the lane's going to get clogged. And if that guy don't shoot the ball, it's a long night. So yeah, he's got to score it. But I I think he will. The kind of kid he is. But I see him as a Sergio McLean with maybe a. I just like the intangibles, the body. He's ready to play defense, and he'll he'll put team first, and I like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you might have seen him on his worst night. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but there's three of them to choose from there, and then you've got Goody, who's a shooter. So you now got rangy people, athletic people, and Rogers is a rebounder, and they're going to need a rebounder because. They lost a big guy in the middle that was pretty good at getting the ball. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, and try to try. I, th- to I think that the, 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 I think this team is going. To, the success of this team is going to depend on how good Dane Danger is. That's what I believe. Oh, yeah. And I I, yeah, I, I I'm not convinced yet that. The portal, uh, I don't know about. Yeah. 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 I think you're right, Lauren. I think you're very right. Hey, Steve, uh, yes. go hit the golf ball this weekend and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Marty, for permission. I will, I'll, I'll consider that. <laughs> I knew you'd need it because you wouldn't think of that. You know, we have uh, nine courses at the club down here at Pinehurst. Can you get me in there? Oh, I can get you in. Yeah, okay. I'll remember that. 
I've told you before, you and Clee and Lauren are welcome anytime. Well, we'll, we'll take you up on that time. Up so I can get you a primo tea time. There you go. When, right. when you least expect it, to answer your door. I wouldn't let go. my golf spoil. I mean, that, golf would spoil my trip out there. Y- by y- your to... golf swing on Pinehurst, <laughs> they don't go together? Is, no, they just saying? don't go together. Hey, Marty, thanks. <laughs> Always good to talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. Got a couple of minutes left here on uh, the show. We're off a little bit early today. A couple of texts that uh, we can get to here. Uh, one is, does Tommy DeVito have just one year with the Illini? The answer is yes. He's a grad student. Now, I don't know if there's some, if there's a COVID year in there or somewhere. I don't think there is. But uh, I think he's got just one. Uh-huh. But, but uh, Straczynski's got two. Yes. He Sitkowski. Two. Could yes. have two. Sitkowski. Sitkowski. Straczynski. Yastrzemski. Yes. <laughs> Straczynski. <laughs> Just, just show you how the, the names flock. That was the guy I played baseball with in Hammond. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> he was a good player. He just jumped. He back. got a triple at a really key point. <laughs> Off you? <laughs> no, he was on my team. <laughs> Some of the stuff you remember, right? Oh, it's terrible. All those. As soon as you throw out a name, I, I've already know a name with a with a first name that goes with it. That's uh-huh. the hard part. Yeah. When you live this long. You've heard that name before, and you had a different first name. That's where I get all messed up. Here's a couple other names for you on a text. Grandison and Hutcherson. Anything uh, new on them coming back? Uh, I'd say, no, it's not new-new, but I doubt that you will see Hutcherson back. Why did they sign up for the NBA draft, those two? I mean, you know they're not going to be drafted, right? Maybe they— Is there some benefit? Yes, I think they can get in some evaluation. Mm Mm-hmm. Sessions, yeah, and they might hear, "Hey, you'd be a good player in Puerto Rico or somewhere or whatever." Or maybe you, if you have eligibility, maybe you should think about using it again. Yeah, would would uh, would Underwood take Grandison back if he could get him? I think he would. Yeah, so that could happen. Not knowing what else he's got in the portal pipeline that uh, could happen. What do you think about the Nance thing for Northwestern? I, I'm, I'm iffy on it. I don't know if I want him or not. I'm iffy on a lot of things, but uh, I would. I, I like him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a, a decent player, yes. Maybe not as the starter. He started for Northwestern. I understand that. But if if you're saying that Dane Danger, or the caller said Dane Danger is a key to the success, you actually you said it, mm-hmm. then you got to assume that Dame Danger is starting. I do. As the only center we've got. I know, but even if you get Nance, maybe. Well, I mean, he's more of a, a, any more of a four. The main, the question I have with him is, can he defend the post? Illinois needs a second player to defend the post. You can't have Dane Danger playing 40 minutes, okay? Somebody's going to have to play 15 minutes at least. And what my question is, I don't think Coleman Hawkins can defend against the, the, the better centers in the Big Ten. I don't think he can. I think he's too light. I agree. And I, so, therefore, I, I think they need somebody to back up danger. Right now, I think they, need, they still need somebody out there that they, they can pick up. Now, what, here's, here's another thing that's interesting to me. As we go forward in football and basketball, there are gonna be a, there's going to come a time when the draft comes up and a lot of people are pulling out. They're going to pull out of the basketball. They're going to pull out of the football. Isn't that a time when you could look up and find some pretty good talent that you could pick up? 
A couple other notes real quick. Just a couple of minutes left. Steve Stricker is back on the senior tour and leading the uh, PGA Tour champions in Sparity Invitational down in Texas with a five under par. He says he's not 100% yet. So uh, congratulations to Steve, and it'd be nice to see him go on and win that. Got time for one quick call. Howard, go ahead. Uh, Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Lauren, last night on Channel 3, I didn't get the whole thing. What was the statement that Hunter Dickinson made uh, about uh, Illinois? uh, Oh, boy. You know, I'd have to He didn't make a statement about Illinois directly. He made one about Texas Tech. He he claimed the coach prevented— uh, Shannon, Shannon from taking uh, summer course was it that, to get uh, eligible to, to get go to eligible Michigan. to go to Michigan? I, I did something like that, but I'm I will tell you that I'm just repeating what something that I don't fully understand. Well, I didn't understand it either. I thought maybe. You well, could I'm sorry, I haven't had time to look into that. All that, right, that, that's it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks for the call. Just about out of time. One quick question on text: Is Coleman Hawkins entering the portal? Don't know. He's got until the 12, end of today. 12.59. Yep. 11.59. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we'll see on that. One other quick golf note locally. If you're a golf fan, you'll appreciate this. Hole number one on the Orange Golf Course is a 541-yard par five nobody from made, the white tees. Nobody made a two on that. You want to bet? Yeah, I'd bet nobody could make it too. Zach Thorson. Oh, my gosh. Who uh, plays a lot down there and has worked down there from time to time. This week, pulled out from 211 yards. Well, what? how long did he hit his drive? Well, figured out. 541, and he had 211 yeah. left. Oh, my Lord, over 300 yards. So yard he drive. bombed a drive, hit a shot in there for a two, which is known as a double eagle or an albatross. Albatross. How many albatrosses have you ever heard about? There, here, here, the whole of uh, the uh, odds of getting a hole in one twelve thousand to one. Okay, the odds of getting an albatross six million to one. Arnold Palmer never had one. Tiger Woods has never oh, had one. Oh no, it's a, it's a free it's yep. a fluke. And we got to go. We need to take <laughs> one final break. Appreciate you listening, uh, everybody. And uh, Illinois baseball is coming up next. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online. PellaofChampagne.com